Hey everyone, man do I miss NBA basketball, and I know you do too. And I can't wait to get back to a packed arena where we watch our extraordinary players do extraordinary things. But well, we have to play our role, and I know you're tired of hearing this, but wash your hands. I mean wash your hands, 20 seconds, lots of soap, lather up, and don't be touching your eyes, your nose, and your mouth. But most importantly, practice social distancing. It's not just some phrase, it's our way of life right now and we have to practice it so please do your part and we'll get back to doing what we love to do and that's watch nba basketball and for me it's call nba basketball nba together bang Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Next Wall Podcast. We got a packed house here with me today on this uh, somber farewell of mine. I am Anthony Corbo. Uh, joining me, as always, my good friend, the guy who's been with me from the very beginning until the end, Kyle Maggio. What's going on, my dog? You know, hanging in there. We'll uh, get through this pod uh, little by little, I guess. But uh, what's going on? Uh, nothing. You can give him a follow at Kyle Maggio. You can give me a follow at Wish I Was Corbo. Um, I'm also joined by at Mike Cortez or at Cortez Error on Twitter. Mike Cortez uh, having some audio trouble. He'll be back on the call shortly. But uh, while we wait for him, two of my uh, two of our longtime friends, associates, uh, just friends of the pod. Got uh, Ryan Mead and Greg Kaplan of Blue Shirts Breakaway here at Blue Shirts Break. They can plug their personal handles. What's going on, my guys? Blue Shirts Break is Greg's personal handle. <laughs> I guess so. We can confirm. I look at that specifically like Greg. Yeah, that's Greg. Yeah, and uh, oh, Ryan Mead's me. But what is up, my mans? How you guys uh, doing? Things are good. Things, things are, are good. Things are, that's a hot take. I know. I know. I've got to say, things are. That is kind of a hot take. Yeah. Um, yeah. Things are. Things are okay. Things are. You know, the new normal. Um, yeah. You can give. Uh, we're part of the um, uh, the uh, Blue Wire Podcast Network. Uh, check out our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Um, yeah, we are, we don't really have anything to talk about Knicks wise today, but, uh, this is going to be my last podcast as host of the Knicks wall podcast. This is a show that we, uh, started up four or five years ago. Now at this point, we haven't really been keeping too close of tabs, but, uh, it's been a wild ride and, uh, yeah, we're just kind of here to celebrate the end of it. And it was, uh, figure it was a pretty good time to bring on, uh, some of our old friends here. So how are you guys doing? How's the, how's the, uh, How's the quarantine life treating you guys? What's what's the word for you guys right now? Greg, after you. Well, it, it kind of chaotic, honestly. My work schedule, I've, I'm going to go from today was day seven of being off of work, but tomorrow I'm transitioning back into a work-from-home life, so I'll be back on the clock. And quite honestly, I'm kind of looking forward to it. It's, it. I don't know about how you guys are handling it. I've slowly been losing my mind just there isn't enough to do that I can do 
it, it, if this quarantine was happening when it was nice outside, there are things you can do. But like up here in Albany on Monday, I got four inches of snow. So it's not even like the outside wasn't escaping Jesus. anymore. So it's it's literally been self-isolation in my house with my roommate. And both of us very quickly have lost our minds. Um, if you want to talk about it from a sports perspective, I know it's been another lost season for the New York Knicks. As Ryan and I will tell you guys, we are – the hosts of Blue Shirts Breakaway, the Athletics New York Rangers podcast. Wow. Shout look out the, to the Athletics. Can we just talk about the cadence on Greg's tone there? I love it. Jesus. Yep, yep. yep. But, that was uh, good. Could you, could you think of a worse time for a, a play stoppage than the Rangers finally catching fire and making an pl- unexpected playoff run? I can't think of I was I was all ready to turn over, turn my attention from Knicks to Rangers, uh, especially with me concluding my host duties on this pod. I was like, yeah, let's go. Like maybe surprise Rangers uh, playoff run here. Like at least like time to enjoy this team. Cause they, you guys have had a, a, at least a fun team throughout you know, the season. Maybe the most fun team we've been doing. We're, we're essentially the four of us podcast bros, which is how we've become such good friends over the years. Uh, we are a little over four years old. We, had a playoff team our first year doing the podcast i would be surprised if ryan disagreed with this take this year's rangers team was the most fun team we've ever watched yeah i would say that this team is equal to the 2014 team and like in in terms of funness which yeah, because like, Cup finals, the fourteen fifteen team, or it might have been the fifteen, whichever one went out against the uh, the lightning, like that team was not very exciting. Like that team felt like it was kind of just holding on, um, you know by the you know with their last legs there and then you you had all the trades that came after that and everything but this year i mean from afar and from just kind of what i've uh noticed with it and like the few games i've been able to catch like this team finally felt like the turning of the page like you had you had some pieces in place that you were ready to grow with you had guys who were starting to show some progress and uh yeah i think it could have been could have been a little, you know, pretty exciting, at least uh, down the stretch for the rest of this year. Statistically, what the smart people will tell you is that we had the MVP also. So, listen, a, cra- a crazy year. But I'm not here to talk Rangers. I'm here to talk about you, Corbo. What have you <laughs> learned during your time with podcasts? Like, what, what, oh, what is man. your big takeaway? Because I'm curious. Because I'm not uh, – Greg and I, you know, and, I, and unfortunately for Greg and sometimes me, uh, we're, we're going to be in the game for a while. What's it like leaving? Yeah, and so Corbin, before I, you answer that, I just yeah. want to point out that that question is being asked by a man who went on a podcast not even 48 hours ago and talked about how his self-isolation was going to be collecting belly button lint and putting it in a jar. That is my wife asking you this question. <laughs> I mean, that is, that's everything is an art form, so I respect that. That's um, but I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this from the top right now, and I'm going to talk a little bit about my story. So me crack that yeah, guy crack. and uh so the whole reason that i got into podcasting is because I, I i used to study audio production and i was super fucking into audio production like i studied it for a year at college and then kind of realized that that w- probably wasn't going to be the best thing for like making money and shit uh law, you know full time so i you know i changed my major got into a couple of other shit you know through college whatever but, uh, you know, we started in the Knicks wall back in, you know, when we restarted it really back in 2015, uh, you know, we kind of, I was just doing like Facebook and some graphics and shit like that and realized that we needed, we wanted to get into the podcast game. And, uh, and so I 
was like, hey, I got some audio experience. We can get this thing going. And then we tried a couple of different methods. We did it through Skype for a while. We were using like Adobe Audition. I edit through uh, Apple Logic now, which I like far better. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it, it like going along it, like there was a lot of nights where I just like, it would just felt unending and I would edit until two or three o'clock in the morning and it was terrible. And I like blamed Maggio for it all the way through. And, uh, you know, but we did, we had some great guests for a couple of years there. We kind of, you know, I think we kind of focused on what we were doing a little bit more towards the end. Uh, but yeah, it, leaving it now feels a little bit melancholy. I mean, I'm leaving for a reason. It's because like, I'm still going to be working with audio. I just, I have a band now and I'm writing some music and stuff and we're trying to focus on, you know, doing some, uh, you know, kind of doing some recordings on our own. So I'm still kind of getting in on like audio stuff. I just realized that my time, between this and that needed to kind of be, you know, I, I couldn't really divide my time between this and everything else anymore. So it's a weird, it's a weird feeling walking away from this. It's a weird feeling knowing that I don't have to pay attention to every Knicks game anymore. Um, which is kind of a blessing to be honest, but, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it feels like the right time to walk away for me. It feels like the Knicks wall is in a pretty good place. And I think that, you know, between Kyle and like our guy, Reed Goldsmith running the, uh, you know, our managing editor over there and everyone else on our, you know, fantastic management team, like the, was, the Knicks wall is going to continue to thrive and I don't really need to be there to oversee it anymore. So that, so I feel like I'm leaving in a pretty good place. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty at peace with it all to give you the long winded answer to what you were asking. I'm still waiting crazy... for you guys to drop the quarantine app that I assume you're already working on. Just you wait, buddy. <laughs> okay. okay. Just you wait, buddy. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I need something up. else to do. Do shout, out to, shout out to Ryan Gray, man. That dude just works so hard. Uh, Do you Greg, think if, how, if the Knicks had one season that was fun? Or well, playoffs? that's the problem, man. Like, <laughs> dog, dog, man, we started this thing. Like, I, I'll tell you this. So the first, my first day of doing the Knicks wall, <laughs> when Ryan Punzelon, our, our former editor-in-chief, uh, kind of restarted the site and uh, – and, you know, I like it was just it was the night that Christos Porzingis got drafted. So the 2015 draft, June, whatever that was. And um, I was just I was hanging out in my liver with my dad and we we're watching the draft. And we we're both talking about how much we would love it for Carl Anthony Towns to get drafted by the Knicks. And uh, and then I'm just like sitting there. I have like a cracked version of Adobe you know, CS6 Photoshop on my computer. And, uh, you know, I, I just see like a post from this stray Nick's wall account that has a couple hundred followers or whatever, uh, that said, uh, we need, and this is like an account that had been deactivated for a while and just brought back and whatever, and was asking for some graphic help. So I reached out and I was like, yeah, I'll love to make a little Chris ops for it, or I'd love to make a graphic for whoever gets drafted. Mm -hmm. And I was working on a Julio Okafor one for a while. Um, and then, you know, all of a sudden I got a DM from the Knicks wall account that was like, no, switch gears. I'm hearing Porzingis now. And then I made one for Porzingis. And that was my first, like, that was my first day at the Knicks wall. Um, and then we kind of like built it out from there and everything. But uh, yeah, things, things, things have just been a weird like journey. And like, so obviously you had the beginning of the KP years, which were like kind of exciting his rookie season, everything like that. Everyone was hyped, even going to like year two, you had the whole mellow and like, I don't think any of us at the Knicks wall really were all that hyped about Derrick Rose coming over. Um, 
you know, with, you know, personally and otherwise, but, um, you know, and then we had to go through like the, the Carmelo getting traded thing. And then last year, I mean, with the Porzingis trade, I mean that, I mean, man, like I was so hopeful that this year was going to be, you know, back when, when we were getting around that, like December, January of 20, uh, you know, December, 2018, January, 2019 period when it was like, all right, we're hearing some things like Durant is probably going to be a Nick and we're hearing all this shit. And it's like in stone and we're all hyped over here. Cause we're just like, finally, like finally, I'm like, I know I can't keep this thing up forever, but I'm like, finally, it's time for me to, uh, you know, enjoy a season of, of doing this podcast of running the site of doing all this shit with like actually enjoyable winning basketball. And then like it, all that falls through and we're like, all right, maybe we get a little bit of something with, with RJ Barrett going. And then we just end up having, you know, a shit season of Julius Randall play. And the most exciting thing we get is Marcus Morris. And, uh, and then the whole season gets taken away at the very end. So, you know, I think the universe is telling me it's time to put this. It's time to put the microphone yeah. down for a little bit. <laughs> no, but about the Durant stuff too, like that—that that was kind of the icing on a a very distasteful t- uh, cake for me because it was like we we pretty much did get told some pretty explicit stuff, you know, about what was going to happen, and uh, you know, not that you ever, you know, show you know should ever just trust any one source like that. But uh, depending on who it is, sometimes it feels good. It feels like good information. So anyway, you hear certain things and then it's like, all right, well, you know, I've always been like, even though I heard it, I'll, I'll wait and see. You don't want to get my hopes up. You can listen all those pods. I was just like, I mean, it, I'm rooting for it. I hope it happens, but I'll believe when I see it. And then, uh, but even still, like a little part of you always thinks like, well, if you got that information, maybe it is true. And then uh, to, to see how that summer went. I mean, even you could still make the argument of, okay, he's going to be 32 with the Achilles injury coming off of it. You know, they would have had to sign up for four years. He's going to be 36 at the end of it. Like, is that really a good deal for the Knicks? Like, I, I understand you can make some arguments, right? You know, Kyrie isn't exactly the, the, the most healthy player. Um, and you can make your arguments about him as a teammate. But either way, I was just rooting for the Knicks to get the upper echelon free agents for once as uh, that never happens. And if it seemed like, you know, normally sometimes when they're where there's smoke, there's fire just didn't happen. But for me, that was like to go through all of that and like prepare for it and like hear certain things and see certain things. And then it to just not happen. And then we have like, yeah, like Alfred Payton and Bobby Portis playing a majority of minutes and, and we're running the offense through them. It's like, Oh man, like what a not enjoyable season. Like yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know though, Mags. If it, I've what I've heard and what I've read is it's always year two of Wayne Ellington that you want to be heavily involved in. <laughs> <laughs> well the good news and to, to talk about what Greg is talking about here is at least you, you you know you missed out on Zion and John Morant, but like oh never mind. Never mind. It's all good. <laughs> it's, it's just the the night and day difference that exists between the New York Rangers and the New York Knicks it's is highlighted through Kevin yeah. Durant because Which, like yeah, and like just to cut you off for one second, though, I'm going to let you get back to that please, point. Please. But like, you realize I think we've done like three or four episodes with you guys hopping on at this point, and right. we've t- we've this that line has come up 
literally on every single one, the night and day difference between the Knicks and the Rangers. I just wish that would be a little different for once. Yeah, it, it, but it's just, it's funny because every Nick fan I knew was convinced that Kevin Durant was coming. And I was, I was one of them. I was right there with them. I was like, there's no possibility where Durant doesn't come. And you look at the Rangers, we had gotten tipped off literally a year before that Artemi Panarin wanted to come to New York. And he was the yeah. number, number one free agent, the number one guy. Everyone in the NHL I wanted do, him. I do remember you guys talking about him a we, lot. Yeah. Well, we, I remember that parallel very, very, very yeah. explicitly. But the, yeah. the, 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 the funny thing is it got to a point where we had been hearing it so much that we just stopped believing it. And you, yeah. you could feel it leading up to the July 1st uh, free agency day where every Range fan was like, oh, man, really just hope he doesn't go to the Islanders. He's probably going to Florida. He wants to play with Bobrovsky forever, blah, blah, blah. He's the big That Panther thing was fucking weird to me. Yeah, and yeah. Then, but it's it's just Durant literally goes to Brooklyn and Panarin looks at the like he looks at the New York Islanders who offered him more money than the Rangers did and just goes, nah. no, thank <laughs> you. I'm signing with the Rangers for less money. And it's just yeah, like that a, doesn't happen with the Knicks. It doesn't. Took a million less to play on the Rangers team, which, by the way, not the better team. Like the Islanders are the better team currently yeah. as constructed. Yep. And he was like, you know what? Now nah, I'm going to play at MSG. I'm gonna- I, will, I will say that like, my most like my favorite things to come out of the sports this year has been uh Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad. Oh, like I've just been like I mean I I really haven't gotten the chance to watch too many games live, but uh, I I've watched a lot of those Mika goals when he was on that hot streak and just oh. how like how his season went this year. Good lord, I am just like he is literally my my computer uh, desktop background right now. So oh, man, so yeah. I was, I was gonna say so two things. First of all. Going back to the uh, missing out on Zion and Jack Comet, very valid, and it hurts me very deeply. I will say, I will say, in fairness of, someone has to defend my son, RJ Barrett, to a degree here. He's actually been solid. I think the field goal, I don't want to go too heavy on Knicks for a moment, because I have another thing I want to follow this up with that is a Rangers thing, and I'm very excited to get my takeoff that was a take that I already had on Twitter, but I want to say it to you guys in here. Yeah, we'll anyway, have plenty of Knicks in a little bit. We got yeah, Mike coming but, back and we have John coming out. But so, yeah. RJ Barrett has actually been a good defender at the NBA level at age 19. He's strong as shit, which is excellent. Uh, he's very crafty. He's very good at getting to the rim, which is good. He's just not finishing great yet, but I still have faith there. On top of that, though, he was a good playmaker. He's a very good rebounding guard already. So he... Checking a lot of boxes. I mean, we got a little bit of work to go with the shooting. But, <laughs> My, but in fairness, great news. That's but, all wonderful. I've watched John Morant. I, I, I know. I know. Listen, and you, I know. You, Listen. You, can't, you can't be happy that Dylan <laughs> checked his or cashed his lottery check on the Rangers and got Kako instead of Morant. Or oh, that? man. Oh, man. Capo oh, Kako, I have such high hopes for, but, man. Like, but it's I wanna, a struggle of a first year. But yeah, go on, Maju. Uh, and Aaron has been a lot of fun to watch in my first year of serious fandom. So uh, this was a take I got off on Twitter. Not really a take, but uh, just wanted to get that off on the spot was like he made this uh, just very, very fun the entire year watching a very smart player like that. Uh, it made my like because this team was very fun, like you guys said. Uh, I haven't watched enough teams in recent years to have a opinion on this being like a funnest team for me. This is like really the only, like I, I would watch them every year when they're in the playoffs. It was just very, you know, casual. 
you know, I didn't you know, really care. You know, but well, like, uh, since m- many of the listeners here are probably NBA guys and not NHL guys, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and compare Panarin to someone basketball related, and think of that kind of player coming to the Knicks. He's kind of like in my mind, prime McGrady, where sure. Everybody had an understanding that Trace McGrady was this great player, but he was buried in Orlando and then Houston. Like, he wasn't on the stage. Imagine if Prime McGrady just came to MSG and how fun those Knicks teams would be. That's basically what Artemi Panarin is doing right now. Well, Panarin's been really exciting for me, too, because, like, I've lived in Chicago since 2012. So, like, I've been around here for the Panarin come-up years. Uh, you know, when he, when he got started with the Hawks and everything, I remember the hype around him when he was like a rookie and when he was, uh, he was like 24 years old. Yeah. Yeah. His first couple of years before he got traded to Columbus. And I, I was like, you know, everybody was hyped on it. And like, you know, I was also, I mean, I, I still do, uh, until I move out in a couple of months, but like I live with a couple of Red Wings fans. So, uh, so there's always been a little bit of an anti Blackhawks mentality in my home. Uh, so I never paid like super, super close attention to Panarin, but I remember all the chatter about him was just like, this kid's going to be so great. And like, yeah, I like that. Was, that's the thing too, like kind of buried on, you know, in Chicago. Um, and you know, he didn't really, I, I'm like, I don't really remember exactly when he, I guess that's the thing that I kind of wonder about him too. Cause I remember him like being a very good player and a good prospect and the guy who was going to make some noise, but like, I don't exactly remember when he, escalated to like the superstar level that he's on right now well the, the funny thing it was an all-time bad trade by the blackhawks they traded him to get for Brandon Sod, right to, because brandon <laughs> Sod was like patrick kane's going out buddy and <laughs> kane wanted Sod back in chicago so they traded panarin and panarin took off like gangbusters the second he left and it's just just a it, it was the it was the blackhawks trying to get the gang back together and what they did right. was they got rid of what the future should have been. Right. Now you look at them. Yeah, yeah we good. do. A lot. It's amazing. <laughs> so Corey Crawford's uh, really holding up. Yeah, for sure. Um, I got to get out of here soon. Uh, All right. But I want to just, you know, commend you on being so consistent. I, I have solidarity with you. And I also hate my co-host and edit late nights <laughs> with, no, with no help whatsoever at all. So I, ha- I know exactly how you feel. And I just want to know that, you know, in my heart of hearts, you're always sitting there with me. Hey, man, I put in my two weeks notice. You can do the same. <laughs> no, no, I have that cadence going on. I got to yeah, keep going. Now, listen, buddy, it's, it's been, you know, we'll continue to be friends from here, but it has been a blast with our camaraderie from, you know, since, since we really got going and got to know each other with all this. So it's always been awesome having a, uh, you know, having some, some tight podcast friends doing shit to represent the other side of the garden, like so close to us. So, uh, right. And, and like, talk about consistency too. Like, your guys' consistency is the one to talk about here. Like, yeah, we'll miss out here and there. You guys are fucking outstanding with that. So, like, shouts to that. Congrats on all the success with The Athletic and everything like that. That's awesome. Thank you, buddy. Um, uh, I can't wait to see yeah. you in person again in 2022. It's going to be fucking sick. Hell yeah, man. Let's <laughs> <laughs> ride out this COVID. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, Ryan, I was going to say, if you want to quickly talk about the, uh, the COVID-19 thing you're doing. Oh, the stream? Yeah, so on Saturday I'm doing a – Greg's going to be on it too. We're going to do a uh, – I'm doing a 19-hour COVID uh, stream where I'm do, raising charity – I'm raising money for uh, New York City food banks. And Henrik Lundqvist today 
four hours ago donated a hundred thousand dollars so we're gonna try and add another oh, hundred dollars hey. and he did it directly through my stream which i thought was dope standing. he didn't um but we're gonna try it uh, and a hundred or two hundred dollars on top of that uh you know do some ranger talk do some hockey talk uh, play some games and have some fun so twitch.tv slash orion mead all day saturday 6 a.m to 1 a.m cool thanks buddy Greg, you're anything you want to say before we get the hell out of here? Uh, Corbs, man, going to miss you on the airwaves, bud. It's It's been really fun getting to know you guys through just the podcasting community and even more fun listening to you guys on a weekly basis. Just because you're retiring from podcasts doesn't mean whenever we do a live show, if you guys aren't there and we're not talking Knicks and Rangers, it's going to be really depressing. So keep coming out. Keep You obviously – We'll keep hanging. We'll keep doing it. If we're ever allowed to leave our homes again, we'll keep doing it. Right. <laughs> yeah. safely. That's the kicker. Yeah. I, I Honestly, the big reason why I want to get out of my house is one of these days I need to make it out to Danbury, Connecticut, to see if Maggio can actually ball or if he just looks the part. <laughs> streets are saying it's true, my friend. That's what I've, I've been wondering this this whole time, too. Um, yeah, but I mean, Greg, the same same things I echo to Ryan. You know, they, they echo to you as well. Just – uh, I, I won't forget that uh, the gin mill when we all got up there uh, was a total blast and would love to do that again sometime. Uh, would love to just be at the next live show you guys do. So, uh, yeah, as soon as uh, as soon as things clear up, I'm looking forward to seeing you all again. Yeah, of course, of course. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Take it easy, guys. With no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might be thinking there's nothing to bet on, but you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on, or let them bring Vegas to you with online casino and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online, including a $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE, bet online, your online wagering experts. So uh, we're going to hop back into some Knicks right here. We got, uh, we got Mike Cortez back with us. I wanted to kind of take it from a place of I, I just want to I want to celebrate some good times right now. I just want to talk about some uh, some some of the highlights of our Knicks watching at this point. This is my last little show here. I want us to uh, just just talk about the things with the Knicks that make us happy. So uh, I will say the play that makes me the most happiest, the one that's been ingrained in my memory the most, is from the 2012-13 season. It was when you had uh, J.R. Smith intercepting the steal from Charlie Villanueva, and he takes it up the court, throws the lob to Amon Shumpert, who immediately returns a favor, throws it back to J.R. Smith, and he slams that shit down. Um, you know, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a tight game. It was two and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. Knicks were up by 20. Uh, it was against the Pistons. Like, it, it wasn't a playoff game. It was a regular season game. And I don't think anything has brought me out of my couch more than that moment. Um, I was convinced that the Knicks were going to win everything after that specific play. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just one of those moments that's going to live on forever for me. It's, it's one of those moments that if I ever buy some about, you know, if something terrible happens and I end up having children, then that will be the play that I end up telling them about. So my one that I'm going to go with here, um, 
because I don't. So first of all, I'd like to say that we all know what my answer would be because for the 10,000th time I would tell the story on this podcast. So we all know my top moment that I'd like to share with you all is the uh, Mellow Bulls regular season game in, in OT when he went off for 45 and I was there at the game. It was amazing. So anyway, but my moment I actually want to bring up that I wanted to discuss quickly was right after we got mellow, right after the trade had happened when we played Memphis and in Memphis and um, he hit the game winner. Um, and it was, it was very, very good. Uh, it was a nice, I think he was, I think he had Tony Allen on him. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. Cooked him buckets. And, and for me, it was like, Okay, we are we're all very excited about um, obviously getting Carmelo Anthony. You know what I mean? But like for me, that moment was more like, oh, so we finally got the superstar, and he's you know playing like a superstar, like immediately, like we finally got him, finally got him, and immediately it's paying dividends. He's a top defender in the league at the time. Tony Allen cooks him game, just shook him, shook him, little jab step. Pull up, killed him. Screaming at the Grizzlies bench, beautiful. I mean, it was good, man. It felt like ah, finally, like we finally got somebody here. Like oh, like yeah. I mean, that was like the the initial. Was it, was that his first one with us? Um, that was either that or the, the first game that he had over Granger. It was either one of those. Oh yeah, the Grange. Oh, yeah, that was yeah, a good one. I play. love. That. I hate Danny Granger. <laughs> yeah. I always did. Nothing against him. He just has that face that you hate. Yes. Yeah. Those early mellow games are forever going to be underrated. Those early, like after the trade games, are always just going to be like. I'll never forgive Jared Jeffries for pulling a Kenny, whatever the hell I got, Charles Smith underneath. Just gets swatted seven so, times. I still. All right, let's talk about this because, like, I still. I remember that that game very clearly. I remember going to the schoolyard with some people after that game and putting up some hoops and, like, talking to them about mm-hmm. it. Um, and I, I remember not blaming Jerry Jeffries very much at the time. I was like, you know what? Like he, I mean, he did have defenders on him. You know, like it, he had an easy kick out, but it was kind of hard to see when you only have a couple of seconds left down there. Like, man, like I get it. Like he choked. He for sure did. There's no getting around that. But like, I don't know. That's a higher pressure situation. I could see it. Like I can't, I can't pin all, I can't pin because for me, like the Knicks' bad luck starts at that moment right there. For you know, everything we've experienced up to this point starts with that moment of Jared Jeffries being underneath the rim and getting stopped there. But no, I don't know I if I can pin all before, of the last uh, the last I nine think years it was before that. Because if you remember, Amari tweaks his back doing a dunk in the fucking pregame. Oh that's yeah, what that's right. Like, yeah, yeah. It was game was two. It was, it was right before game two, wasn't it? I think it was game yeah. one. Yeah, or was it game one? It was game one, right? Hurt too, I think. I can't remember. I can't remember the specifics, but I'm pretty sure Billups get hurt. We got we got rocked with point guards for like year, like a couple years. The best we had, we amnesty him. I was like, you got to be shitting me. We had we had Billups go down, and then we had uh, we had Baron Davis go down the next year after that, and like you had Lynn go down too right before that. And you had, uh, you know, like the hope of the franchise, like resting in and out of, t- of Tony Douglas's hands. And then, you know, you had Felton come back again, too. And then, you know, he was just 
Raymond Felton. <laughs> but like, yeah, just the like, I mean, but just the injury luck alone to have like, like Billups get hurt. And then like the very next year you lose Lynn before the playoffs. And then like Baron Davis body just implodes on itself. Like as soon as he gets to the playoffs again, like it's just even Shumpert towards ACL. Shumpert towards ACL. Yeah. That, like, yeah, you, you had, I mean, yeah, it was really, really you know, a bummer. You know, it was another really good game. Um, when the Nuggets came to town, I think in 2012 or 2011, um, and Gallo and Mello dueled at MSG. Yup, yup. I was just thinking. Guys, I thought you, you guys remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Wait, were Gallo on the Knicks or no? When Gallo was on the Nuggets, and yeah, Gallo came out fucking big balls at MSG, just dueling with Mello. And he had that crazy Mello, dunk, right? And yeah, Mello's going right, Mello went right back at him the entire game, just the two of them, the whole game. At the end of the game, uh, Mello hits a shot over him. Just, I mean, unbelievable! Like, just peak basketball, man. Like, peak theatrics. It was great. Gallo's probably the most heartbreaking one to see goes. I feel like right as he got traded, he was finally starting to turn into like a decent player, or more than a decent player, rather. I love Gallinari yeah. that year. I liked him most because like, that year, that year for me was a big turning point. Like, I had Watson Knicks and like like the Knicks before then, but like that 2010-11 team was like when I first started loving the Knicks, and um. Yeah, that and it was just seeing Gallo go like that was it was that was like heartbreaking to me. Like I was convinced that Landry Field is going to be the next great shooting guard of the NBA, Ugh, and they kept him um, out of the deal because he was doing so well, right, dude? How about that? That's a very that, like Landry I never Fields was the piece. I remember specifically having a take that I sent to some some friends of mine back in the day. That was, that was like. um it was I think there was a certain point where the trade was being discussed that it was just gonna be it's gonna be Wilson Chandler and a first round pick for Mello. <laughs> like that was that was gonna be the, the construct of the deal. That was like, man, I don't know about letting Chandler go. Stop. <laughs> for Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, but I was uneducated, man. Uh, like I didn't know how good Mello was at the time, you know? Like I love Wilson too. Yeah, that whole trade kind of sucked. I really wish yeah. there was another place. There was that was one of the uh, most chemistry-driven teams I think I've ever seen. That early uh, twenty, you know, that 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 first half of that season there, where you just had like all of those guys like clicking around Stoudemire. Yeah, there was a moment in time I thought Raymond Felton was an all-star. That's sad yeah. to say. There, I mean, like, and to be honest, like, I mean, there was a to lot be, of good players in the East at that time. But at, to he, be honest, like, he warranted consideration. He, he had, he has, yeah, he has a legitimate, even in hindsight, has a legitimate argument. Yeah, during he was that like year, seventeen and a half and like nine point five yeah. or something like yeah. that. Too. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, that's not nothing, man. I mean, that's not. I'm not going to say that's a, a elite, elite, maybe, but I mean, that's very good at at worst. You know what I mean? And and. And he was hitting threes too. I mean, that was nice having a point guard that could hit some threes anyway. And uh, I mean, I don't remember the percentage offhand, but I just remember him hitting enough of them. And him with the pick and roll with, uh, with Amari was bread and butter day one. Uh, but I mean, that stunk. I mean, I was happy we at least got Chauncey Bills back in that deal. And I feel like that doesn't get brought up anyway. He was still very good with us. Yes. Um, the amnesty of him stunk. Don't, no, um, I don't think they. We want to stay good. Yeah. yeah okay. I mean, yeah, that, I, set, that set them back for a, a long yeah, yeah. ways. That yeah. was probably the so, stupidest decision I think any team's ever made in the last five or six years. 
honestly. I I mean, so I actually just talked about this. That came up in my uh, my other pod briefly, but the the counter to that is there's no way that they could cut Amari. There's no way being the Knicks who finally got a star to come. He was the first one who came and embraced it. There's just no way the Knicks could have cut him. Like no, there's just no way. Okay, that's fine. Now just yeah. here's my thing. They didn't have. They picked up. Don't people forget? They picked up the option on Billups, and then amnesty him. Right, that's yeah. the big problem. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. Yes. Right, and they amnesty them to sign Chandler, which was a good idea at the, yes. at the time. I didn't but mind like Chandler, yeah, that that was fine. I mean, yeah, he was defensive player of the year with us. So oh, yeah, I mean, I had no, I had no problems with. Yeah. Yeah, it, it being for Chandler. I mean, how could you? How could you? I mean, the, the only Tyson the only Chandler issue... might have been the most successful thing of that whole era to come out of it. Like Tyson Chandler's time with the Knicks might have been like the the thing we can look back on in hindsight the most fondly of that whole time period. I and JR too, honestly. Like I've been thinking, like we're talking about like yeah. good moments. There are a lot of good JR moments that I just thought of just because you know, we late this whole week we've been talking about like old Knicks teams and old Nick games, just finding clips. And I just noticed JR had a, so many fucking moments, man. He had the salsa dance uh, game winner, like Yeah. Can we really quick? Um, I just want to hit you with Raymond Felton's stats uh, during his time as a Nick in 2010 11. Uh, 54 games played. He uh, averaged 17.1 points per game, 9.0 assists per game. Uh, let's see, three, 3.6 rebounds. He had 1.8 steals, too. Like, like he was like his box score stats were picking it up, man. Like he didn't shoot very well from three, uh, you know, like almost 33%, but like fairly average. He didn't have a great field goal percentage or anything, but like he was like cooking for that team. And then when he went to Denver, even after that, in like 21 games he played after that, like his scoring and his assists went down to 11.5 and 6.5, but like he shot 46% for the rest of the year at Denver. So uh, from three, that is. So real quick. Yeah. Another good one. The first game after the lockout. Oh yeah. Is that the one with the against the Heat? The Celtics. At MSG. Yeah. I can't remember that game for some reason. The Knicks won. Was that on Christmas? I think that was I'm a Christmas sure it was game. On Christmas, yeah. Because oh, that was the first day of lockout. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. And Mello went because I remember listening to that game, the first half of that game, on the way to Westchester to go to uh, go to my aunt's house for Christmas, and I was like rushing them up to fucking there. But and I mean, the Celtics had the lead, you know, in the fourth. The Knicks came back, Uh, good game. The Knicks end up winning. A Knicks miss was had. It was terrific. Uh, Back when we could at least have some kind of fun. So you know. Next Christmas no. used to be so stressful, man. That was like always a time when you were traveling to your family's house. Mm-hmm. Every time, mm-hmm. they had- yo, totally, and they would always have the noon game. Yeah, that's why I was like, yeah, I would always be in the car for the oh. for the end of the game. I hated it. No, that's I- why I was, dude. That's why I was thrilled about them not getting a Christmas game this year. <laughs> we, we were- I was just like, I, I, I just, I don't want to miss half of it. I don't want to have the anxiety about missing half of it. I'll miss whatever the other shitty twelve o'clock game is, so I can get, you know get going we were the host house so i never had to worry about getting oh, ready lucky bastard. so can i give you wait hold on a second can i give you this 20 2011 12 knicks roster yeah go ahead carmelo anthony ronaldo balkman hey. hell yeah the return, balkman's uh second time with the knicks in five years mike Bibby, tyson chandler baron davis 
Tony Douglas, <laughs> Landry Fields, Dan Gadzarik for a minute hey. there. Josh George Harrelson. George. Jared. Yeah. Jared Jeffries. <laughs> Jerome Jordan, uh, who I'm pretty sure everyone was convinced was going to be the next Ewing for a second. Uh, Jeremy Lin. Steve Novak. God bless his heart. Iman Shumper. This is uh, Shumper when he first started bringing the uh, flat top around. J.R. Smith. I love Amari Sotomayor. And uh, Henry Bill Walker. I love Bill, Bill Walker is probably my favorite irrelevant Nick of all time. Yeah. Bill Walker and also Roger Mason Jr. Uh, and Sean Williams. Sean Williams. Hen- Henry Bill yeah, Walker. Yeah, Sean Williams. Sean with an E. Yeah, yeah. Sh- Sh- Sean had the ratchet. Yeah, but he, was <laughs> he was absolutely automatic. In the <laughs> absolutely automatic. Just probably the perfect squared up little jump shot, man. Wow, I'm watching these really, level highlights, and he was they're just playing I, the New Jersey uh, New Jersey Nets. Woof. Blast I appreciate. I appreciate uh, the last time we heard from Roger Mason was that he was uh, fired from the Big Three on charges of corruption. Wait, what? Oh, their, right he was for he was formerly Big Three commissioner right. in their first year, and then they uh, they fired him, and they said it was due to corruption. I don't even want to begin to think of what he did. I I have no idea. Nothing more came of it. But <laughs> the and like the reason why I, I loved uh, Roger Mason Jr. so much was mostly just for uh, the call that Mike Wolchewski would give him whenever he uh, uh, hit a three or he hit a basket at all. It was like. Roger Mason Jr. <laughs> I'll never not. Um, so I'm just going to, I'm going to go through a couple of rosters here at this point and you, we can stop and talk about a couple of players uh, as we get along here. 2012, um, 13 Carmelo Anthony Earl Barron for a second there. Ronnie Brewer, man. Uh, how, how long did Ronnie Brewer play after this? Like two games. I want to say. Maybe eleven. He two to eleven games R- that range. Ronnie Burr played. Um, damn, he was twenty seven that year with us. So he played forty seven. He played forty six games with us that year. What? Uh, yeah, he started for a lot no, of season. Not gonna lie. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. No, he yeah. started for a lot of because like, that's I'm, when they finally moved down to the four. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I really liked Ronnie Brewer. I thought like that was a really like I thought he was going to be really good and yeah. He last played in no, twenty. Been. He last played in twenty fourteen. I can't he believe played, that's insane. Yeah, dude, he started like thirty four games. He was a starter for the Bulls for a long time, no? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, he. I don't think he's. Uh, he started. I'm looking at it right now. So he played. He played two years in Chicago, and he started forty three games with the with the Bulls. So. Wait, do we get Corey uh, Brewer two and then cut him right away? Maybe that's what I'm confusing. Yeah, you're thinking of Corey Brewer, oh, okay. who, who didn't play again. We're we're talking Ronnie Brewer. Um, yeah, Corey Brewer came over. I think in the mellow. Yeah, trade. yeah, that's why I was saying he only had. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at him now. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Ronnie Bird started at the three for us for a while uh, in 20 because that's when we had Mello at the four um, and Amare was hurt. And he eventually came off the bench for you know the rest of that season, whatever. But um, yeah, Brewer did not play very much, but he did play one final game in Chicago in 2014. So that's cool. Um, all right. So going back through this roster, we had uh uh, Ronnie Burr, Marcus Camby, 
Tyson Chandler, Chris Copeland, uh, the phenom of that season, Chris Copeland. Jersey. I remember being so upset when he signed with the Pacers after that season. <laughs> and like, I was like, and then, yeah, just being very happy after like six games of him playing with the Pacers that we did not pay him that contract. Uh, Raymond Felton, Solomon Jones, who I do not remember whatsoever. <laughs> uh, Jason Kidd, Kenyon Martin, Kmart as a Nick was a sight to behold. Um, Steve Novak, Pablo Pergioni, Q Rich, uh, Iman Shumper, Jarrah Smith, Amari Stoudemire, Kurt Thomas, Rashid Wallace, James White. The Kurt Thomas Utah game is never going like that. It's another great uh, memory for me. Like his final game, I think he got injured that game too. I think at the very end of it, but like when he just put out like buckets to secure that playoff spot for us. Yeah. Um, do you guys remember that one? Do you guys remember what I'm talking about? No, I'm still trying to put my head. I'm Nets fans really are bad shit talkers because they can easily say the Knicks' best season in the last 20 years included two washed up Nets legends. <laughs> They're really just bad shit talkers. I would say that so much. So. Yeah, there was this game where uh, it was March 19th of uh, 2013. So it was like getting to the end there. And it was uh, it was the Knicks ended up winning 90 to 83. And it was behind Kurt Thomas. Uh, he played he had like bone spurs in his foot. He played like 20. He played 27 minutes. I'm seeing here uh, trying to get trying to find where his stats end up being. Um. But yeah, I think it was just one of those games where it was just like there was like no Knicks players available. Um, there were I think I think Mello was out. I think uh, Amari was out. I think it just had to be uh, Kurt Thomas coming into the game and just stepping up and just propelling us to the win. And uh, yeah, it was just it's just one of those moments where I'm just like thank. It was like, why is Kurt Thomas on this team for that entire season? And then it was finally like, oh, yeah, that's why Kurt Thomas is on our team for that year. Um, yeah, I remember him showing out at the end of the year there. And that that was I, I have to go back and watch that one. But that's a game that's still in my memory for whatever reason. Uh, Rasheed Wallace, of course, is also on that team, um, which was a major, major, major highlight of that season. Uh, and then James White the uh of the flawed uh dunk contest attempt himself man we've really had shit luck with dunk contests recently haven't we ever since nate i think every guy's done well though like i even think dennis did well when was it two years last year yeah but james white completely uh you know fluttered out yeah wasn't his main dunk the jordan dunk which isn't as nearly as impressive as it was in 1985. I think pretty sure that's all right. It was. And it, it was. And also, I don't even think he hit that right. Like, I don't even think he wasn't even behind like the free throw line. Like he wasn't, uh, he, like he just kind of jumped and dunked it. And like, I'm trying to like, what was that? dunk? I mean, that must've been 2013 dunk contest. Yeah. Who else was in that one? Um, shit. I don't remember. I think it was like during that year, those years, Eric Ross won it that year. Yeah, I was about to say it was either that or the year. Remember that guy, that random ass guy from the Jazz won it. Yeah, uh, Evans. Jeremy Evans. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, how is this happening? Who the hell wants to watch Jeremy Evans dunk? Yeah, I'm trying to watch. Okay, 2013 was 
Terrence Ross won it after a Tomahawk duck in tribute to uh, Vince Carter. We really got to stop with the Vince Carter tributes at the dunk contest at this point. Everybody can't uh, be doing it. Um, Okay, Jeremy Evans was in this one, too. It was Jeremy Evans, Terrence Ross, Eric Bledsoe of the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, Kenneth Fareed, Gerald Green on the Pacers, and, uh, and James White. And uh, yeah, so, okay. Jeremy Evans had won it the year before that and then uh, lost to Terrence Ross a year afterwards. That's how it went. Um, Dark time. Yeah, and that was the last year before they changed the whole format up. Um, and things got really, really weird. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, that was, I mean, you know, there's a, there's a lot of memories, a lot to be said about that season, a lot of really good games, you know, that Boston series was a hard, hard fought win. And then they, you know, phased it, you know, fizzled out against the Pacers, which was, uh, you know, all of our hope and optimism was just completely put to rest with that, uh, Roy Hibbert block on Mello. Uh, so we're going to breeze past that one. It's like a 20, 2013-14 roster. This is where things start to get a little bit dark. Cole Aldrich comes into the picture. Carmelo Anthony. Andrea Bargnani is now here. Um, the He who shall not be named. You have a little bit of Shannon Brown showing up in there. Uh, Tyson Chandler, Earl Clark, Raymond Felton, Tim Hardaway Jr. makes his first appearance in his rookie year. I remember the day he got drafted. I was I was taking my driver's test, or was even my dri- or was going to get my permit. I think it was. Uh, yeah, that was. Uh, and I remember us drafting him. I'm like, oh yeah, it seems like a good pick. I didn't know the history we'd have with him after that. Uh, Kenny Martin still on the team. You have a uh, future. I thought this guy was going to be the future point guard. The uh, point guard of the future in Terre Murray showing up there. Were you guys as hyped on Terre Murray as I was? Yeah, I bought into the group think. I don't know why I felt he was going to be a star. I just everyone else was saying it, so I was like, "All right, look, let me let me buy into this." I think he was good in two K too, if, if memory serves me right. But yeah, that was a brief. Yeah, moment. I mean, I, he was he was impressive, but like relative to expectations, you know. Like I was like, I, I didn't expect anything from him, and then he proved to be a pretty solid contributor for a little period of time. So. That was impressive, yep. but like I didn't think star or anything. I was more like, oh, okay, we got another piece here, but I didn't think much more of it. And then he my, wasn't uh, consistent enough. So my Knicks takes like before and after joining the Knicks wall are just like wildly different. Like like becoming informed on basketball at that point made such a different difference in how I view players. But uh so you have Trey Murray, you still have Pablo Frigioni hanging on. You got Iman Shumpert hanging on for a bit. You got Chris Smith here this year. Uh, this is the first day that we see the legendary Chris Smith show up. Uh, you have J.R. Smith there as well. You got Amare hanging out. Jeremy Tyler, who again was supposed to be a future Ewing. Uh, Benno Udrich and Meta World Peace is here. Um, I, don't, I don't remember anything of Meta World Peace's tenure as a Nick. Like I remember him being there, but I don't remember anything about him being here. Yeah, I mean it was very brief. Uh, I do remember the Tyler Tyler Hansborough running. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you guys, are, yeah, I mean that was terrific. Um, 
So I think this was a season where we kind of all thought things were going to get like, we thought this might be as dark as it gets. The Knicks go 37 and 45. We didn't know how dark it would get the very next year with Quincy AC, Cole Aldrich, Lou Amundsen, sweet Lou, Carmelo is still here. Andrea Bargnani, Jose Calderon comes into the picture now at this point. Um, Sam D'Alembert, Clee Anthony Early, Langston Galloway, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is still here, Shane Larkin, Ricky Leto shows up for a minute, Pablo is still here, Iman's still here, Alexi Shved shows up for a second there. Oh my God, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, J.R. Smith. Here's the most egregious name on this list. Jason Smith. <laughs> Holy uh, shit, I forgot about that. Yeah. Amari Stoudemire. And then we have the first uh, appearance of Lance Thomas now. Ooh. And uh, Travis Weir. The LeBron stopper. The LeBron stopper and small hands. Oh, you, oh real quick. You know what was a good, another good game that just came up on this uh, highlight reel? Uh, I was actually at this game, too. And it was like a for me an underrated game. So the Knicks beat the Lakers. I think this was the 2012-2013 season at MSG. And Melo was tell me if you guys remember this. Melo was cooking. He had like 32 points in the first half. Like cooking. Do you guys remember this? Vaguely. He went nuts, but he got hurt. So he missed the entire second half. Did not return. So JR basically had a man the rest of the game for the Knicks and they ended up winning but as JR and the Knicks were hanging out for dear life Kobe was coming on hot to close the game after a tough first half so it was like Kobe gunning them back the Lakers all the way back into the game basically and this was when they had Dwight those years so yeah I mean it was like a for me it was like a sneaky good game because it was like JR had to like you know he kind of Get, like you said, like he, we don't discuss enough of the those moments that he had. It was nice to see Jr. be like, "Well, okay, I gotta, I gotta do the thing now." You know, I gotta be quick the guy. Question, quick question, because I genuinely don't remember. But did Dwight last more than a year in LA? No, it was one year. It was one year. That's what I thought. And what a year it was. Uh, yeah. Um, so, not much to talk about from this 2014-15 season. It was miserable. Um, and then that's this. The next wall starts up after this, and you had. The next year of Aaron Aflalo. You guys remember the Aflalo years? Yeah, I'm in range yeah. God. Uh, Amundsen, you had uh, Tanasi and Netacumpo. You had Carmelo Anthony, Jose Calderon, Clee Anthony Early, uh, Jimmer Fredette, Langston Galloway, Jaron Grant, oh. Robin Lopez, Kylo Quinn, Christoph Porzingis now has been drafted and shows up here. Uh, Kevin Serafin, the French god. Uh, <laughs> Lance Thomas, Sasha Vujicic, and Derek, Will- Derek Williams. The Derek Williams next years were fun. Remember when Derek Williams almost got drafted over Kyrie Irving? Yes. That's bizarre. Like Bro, in retrospect, th- this is why every time I just I do any of my draft takes, I know that <laughs> people are going to make fun of whatever take that I have because there's no way it's going to be correct. So I always go, I I don't know anything. This is my completely mostly wrong guess. This is what I think that probably will not end up happening, and then I give my take because 
you know that every, I mean, people were really sold on Derek Williams. You know what I mean? And it just did not. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. And I mean, what can you do? So um, the one real memory that sticks out to me from this season is uh, one of Chris Stapp's early games against the Charlotte Hornets. Um, he hits like the game winning three from behind the arc. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, they wave it off because it was like a second too late. And I feel like just about every like large, like big name Nick that has signed with us um, in their first season basically has had uh, a three pointer waved off at the buzzer <laughs> in the fourth quarter that would have won the game. Like Amari had this happen too in his first year. Yeah, that's like, exactly it, what it reminded me of. When it right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was Amari Amar had that one waved off, and it was it was that Chris Ops one. Like I have a video of it. I remember, like of me and a friend of mine, like freaking out watching that. Um, but that's Chris a memory. That's, one, yeah, yeah. People, you know, people aren't going to want to talk about it yet, but yeah. Well, we will. We will. Um, by the way, that was also the season that uh, Derek Fisher was fired and Kurt Rambis took over for the last half of the year. Who, who did Derek Fisher? He smashed someone's girlfriend. Uh, Matt Barnes. Well, no, no, no I'm a Knicks. Uh, I believe the. I, I don't remember. Oh, off, I, I don't allegedly, remember. Allegedly, I don't remember offhand. This is nothing. This is a hunch and a guess without any research or Googling. I think it had something to do with Tim Hardaway Jr.'s and Clay Anthony Early's. <laughs> Girlfriends. I don't remember if it was one he's or both of them. The he's picking on the rookies. He's picking on the young dudes. Yeah, he's a psycho. Um, the 2016-17 roster is where things really start to get interesting now. You have Carmelo Anthony, Ron Baker, uh, first appearance of Ron Baker, uh, Billy Hernan Gomez, Justin Holiday, Brandon Jennings, uh, Mindaugas Kuzminskis. Kuz. Yeah, Courtney Lee, Maurice Endor, the Knicks savior. Fuck him. <laughs> Joakim Noah, Kylo Quinn, Marshall Plumley, Christos Porzingis, Chasan Randall, Chasen Randall, whatever we're going to do with that. Uh, Derek Rose, Lance Thomas, Sasha Vujic. Man, so this roster had like a lot of bright spots I remember being excited for and a lot of holes too. So this team I remember I like This was the super team. No, I this was the super yeah. team that we talked about. So I, I okay, so obviously uh at this point we knew KP was at least pretty good or about to be. Uh we didn't maybe know how good, obviously, but um and then we knew Melo was still good, you know. So at that point, we knew those two things, and we knew those guys needed help. Um, I liked them. I wouldn't, in theory, I liked what they were doing with getting Derrick Rose. I wouldn't say I loved the trade or loved acquiring Derrick Rose. I'm saying, like, from a basketball perspective, I understood, like, all right, like you're you're trying you're trying to buy low on a guy who's now like worked back in, you know, a former superstar, former MVP who's worked himself back in the for Rose. I think it was a Justin Holiday and a pick. I yeah, it, re- it really uh, wasn't. It really wasn't wild. Like for me, that was a perfectly reasonable price. Like I, I, for me, it made sense. You know, I was like, all right, like they're trying to give Melo a chance. They're trying to get him somebody, and they're trying to kind of buy low on someone to see if it if it pays off basically. And you give Melo a chance with another star again. So 
I kind of understood it. Uh, it didn't work out. Um, you know, Rose was, I guess, fine offensively. I think he averaged like 18, five and five, but um, he was deceived I... defensively and it just wasn't, a, it wasn't like winning basketball that happened there. It was more like mellow and, and Rose and would like take turns scoring kind of. And then KP would kind of just like hit an, hit an open three or fit in weirdly. You know, it was just, it, it just didn't make sense. It didn't make sense after that. But so we, we got a pick in that trade. Yeah. Um, it was, they sent over Rose, Justin Holiday in the second round pick for Robin Lopez, Jose Calderon and Jaron Grant. Oh yeah. I don't mind that. Yeah. I didn't mind that at all. Cause Jaron Grant still had some value at that time. Like I, I think that not both man, are kind of looking at him as uh, a potential like rotation but, player for the future. But, but I didn't even mind that because he's no offense. He stunk. He, he really was. No, I know. But he, I know was, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, like, like he, he, he was, stuck he was, at that time. But. Yeah, he was brutal. So, like, I didn't mind trading him at all. And then, you know, yeah. no offense, like, Robin Lopez, who I love tremendously as a human and basketball player. But um, no offense, but, like, you could always find, like, a serviceable big on the market. So, like, losing one via trade to me is not a big deal as much as I think he's a good, important basketball player I like to have for winning basketball. Um, I... In hindsight, you know, they could maybe could have kept Robin Lopez and sent somebody else out and then never signed Joakim Noah. And then maybe that little team of Derrick Rose, oh, Robin Lopez, Melo, KP, maybe that works out into being something passable. Okay. I think that, because I think that was the hope. You know, they were basically a healthy, competent Noah at 75% away from being like an all right team. And I think they never got that. It was just Mello, Derrick Rose, uh, a baby KP, and then they didn't really figure out the rest. And then they couldn't put it together. But huh. Knicks I, ended up uh, drafting Dotson with that pick. Hey, all right, that's not that bad. I mean, yeah. it would be nice if we actually played Dotson, but that's a whole yeah. other. But was KP too small to play center that year? Because I feel like if you just sign a power forward instead of Noah, or even a small forward, so Mello's at the four, there's a completely different team. He was too small, and we can't forget that KP was still doing the thing that he didn't want to play center. Um, so I mean, that was still going on. They, I'm, they I'm still, I think it, I'm still angriest. It, it was starting to be his team at that point, so they they weren't going to ruffle those feathers. I'm still angriest about the KP trade for the sole reason that uh, that earlier that season when I went to media day, I specifically asked him to his face are you going to play center this year? Like, is that a thing that you would consider doing as you work back from the injury and kind of work on your game and maybe change things up or add things to it? You know, do, do you think that that's a better spot for you now? So you don't have to do so much moving around in the perimeter. And he said, you know, well, you know, remember the last couple of years, they asked him that same question and he said, no, you know, I really like being a power forward. So like this year he was that year, he was really open to it. He's like, you know, whatever makes sense, whatever, like, you know, Fizdale had come in and, you know, whatever he wanted to do, basically he would do. And, um, you know, he, if he needed to play the five and, and that was a, a lineup he needed to fit into. And so be it, if it makes sense, you know, he's like, if it's working for the team, basically. So like, he seemed open to it at least. I don't know if he was going along with it and then was going to revert. I don't know, but at least for the first time he had publicly acknowledged that he wanted, wanted, or at least was open to playing the five. 
I'm now pissed that we didn't get to see that because now in right. Dallas they're doing that with him at the five, and obviously, and working, yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously it's it's now having tremendous results. So so yeah, let's so they end up blowing that team up, um, and we and they, it culminates in the trade of Carmelo Anthony, and we get into the uh, 2017-18 season now where we have Ron Baker, Michael Beasley, Michael Beasley, Tr- yep, uh, what was the goat in New York? The goat in New York, yep. Uh, Trey Burke, Damian Dotson, Tim Hardaway makes his return to the Knicks. Uh, Billy Hernan Gomez is still here. Isaiah Hicks is here for a sec. Um, Jarrett Jack. Legend. Yeah, Westchester legend. Jarrett Jack is here uh, that, for that whole thing. An important developmental year for Jarrett Jack. <laughs> <laughs> it is his, 12, his 13th year in the league. <laughs> uh, Annis Cantor makes an appearance here. Luke Cornett shows up. Mindalgas Kuzminskis is still here. Courtney Lee is here. Uh, Doug McDermott. Emmanuel Moutier uh, was acquired at the end of that last season, or I think he's acquired at the end of this season. Uh, Joakim Noah is still here. Frank Nielakina, Kyle O'Quinn, Christos Porzingis. Uh, Ramon Sessions is here too. Remember we tried that for a minute? Uh, Lance Thomas. And then the guy that we, uh, I remember Matt Spendley specifically being very upset that we, when we let this guy go, Troy Williams. Yeah. I wrote a piece the day he got cut saying the Knicks should give him like, an, like a more involved role. And literally, I think he got cut like an hour after I posted. <laughs> I was just like, wow, this is. <laughs> I felt yeah. So, bad. so, so this is the beginning of the rebuild, the rebuild that we didn't think we were going to have to go through again, but we all thought it'd be worth it. So we could put another piece around Chris Sops Porzingis. Uh, and then we get to the 2018-19 season, uh, which inevitably we end up seeing as the trade for Chris Sops Porzingis, where the trade that, you know, the, the year that Chris Sops Porzingis was traded away. Um, and this roster is we have Kadeem Allen making his appearance here, showing up another Westchester legend or really Nick's two-way player legend. Ron Baker, Trey Burke is here for a bit. Damian Dotson, Henry Ellenson. Remember when we picked him up and everyone was like, well, it's basically like getting a first round pick. <laughs> That's always what it is, right? <laughs> oh, every time. It's basically this. He's Well, this guy got drafted sixth overall once upon a time. He has to be good. You got Billy Garrett from uh, Chicago's own DePaul, who I don't think ever ended up playing a game for the Knicks. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., Mario Hazonia, Isaiah Hicks, John Jenkins, uh, DeAndre Jordan, Ennis Cantor, Kevin Knox, Luke Cornett, Courtney Lee, Wesley Matthews, uh, who comes over in that Chris Osporzingas trade. Uh, Frank Nielakina, Mitchell Robinson is here now. Uh, Dennis Smith shows up. Uh, Lance Thomas. Alonzo Trier gets drafted uh, or gets undrafted and signed with us. And uh, and the guy that we were all kind of holding our hopes on to uh, solidify one position for us at least, and we thought that maybe he could be a long-term starter, or rotation player for us, Noah Vonley. Um, we can be short-sighted as a fan base. I've come to notice. Yeah, this is why this is this is why I always try to tell people uh, that I dislike being right often. But normally, whatever we think about these players, like whatever the the majority of fans is feeling about a player, like it's not 
true a lot of the times. We overrate our guys a lot of times. It's yeah. just, like we get, it's just you gotta stop, man. Like, yeah, this is a discussion. We always do this. We always do this. Like, remember that when we signed Mario Mazzonia and people were angry, livid that we didn't get him on a team option because what if he has a breakout year and then we can't sign him again? Right, right. Are you got like just wait for him to even like step on the court and be good one single time before we have those conversations? Yeah. Like, we always do this. Like, Vonley is fine, I guess. And what happened when he signed to Minnesota this year? And they're not even good. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, this always happens. Yeah. So last year was obviously we talked about it before in the pod, but, uh, you know, the whole we were waiting on Durant and Kyrie and that ended up falling through. And that brings us to where we are now with our current roster, which is probably going to be last year's roster pretty soon once we, you know, get more information on where the season ends up going. But we got Bobby Portis, Kevin Knox, Julius Randle, Taj Gibson, Ooh. Mitchell Robinson, Frank Nielakina, RJ Barrett, Damian Dotson, Alfred Payton, Wayne Ellington, Dennis Smith Jr., Reggie Bullock, Alonzo Trier, Maurice Harkless, Kadeem Allen, Iggy Brazdakis, Kenny Wooten, uh, you know, Marcus Morris was here for a minute too. Um, yeah, just yeah, it's uh, we we really need to do something with this draft pick this year. <laughs> I'm just thinking, in an alternate universe, there really is a team with Mitchell Robinson, Chris Porzingis, R.J. Barrett, and Frank Nilakina. There's a team that starts with Amari Stoudemire not tweaking his back against Boston in 2011. There is that has all kinds of success, and we are just living in the alternate universe. People forget he was actually like at that point had rounded back into form. Like, do you yeah. remember like he he had like there was that adjustment period with Melo and whatever, but then like at the end of that season, like they had finally started to kind of mesh and kind of get the ball rolling there, and then. uh the back tweak. Yeah. Well, and then, and that's kind of the, uh, that's the state of the Knicks right now. It's kind of, that's been our 10 year review right there. Uh, didn't think it was going to happen, but it ended up happening. Uh, yeah, I guess, I don't know. Do we have, do we have any closing thoughts about these, uh, the last decades in Knicks basketball, the last, uh, any, any final highlights or lowlights from this era? What do you think was the weirdest night or story last five, six years? I feel like that's a... I still I still think it's probably the fire extinguisher Amari story. That was I crazy. Think, I, I think, like, of all the things he could have punched, man, like a fire extinguisher. And then he's got this cast on his oh. hand. and No, the weirdest moment of the last couple of years is Derrick Rose disappearing. That's oh, that's yeah, yeah. Derek, hey, Derek Rose's appearance is a good one. Yeah, there, cause it, no, just no one knew what happened. Like, cause it was it was just crazy. Cause like no one knew how to handle a situation. Like 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 Breen and Clyde didn't know what to say about it. Like you know, like the coaches didn't know what to do. Like he was he was just a wall. Oh, um, you know, it was another good one. Uh, Christmas, I think in twenty, I don't know if it was twelve or thirteen. The duel with Kobe in LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a that was a good moment. Yeah. 
that that was another one and uh i love those orange jerseys man i i didn't hate those orange jerseys right yeah wait which which are the christmas oranges it's orange on orange Oh, oh those, were, those were fucking egregious. Are you kidding me? What? Those ones are ugly as shit, man. Wow. I like the I like the blue one orange way more than I like those oranges. Yeah, the yeah. the Owen thirteen jerseys. Yeah, that I wish they didn't suck so badly in those jerseys because I thought those jerseys were actually kind of kind of hype. I'm telling you, look back at the Christmas ones. You'll you'll find the newfound. Like, I, I don't like anything about those style of jerseys, though. I don't because those ones had sleeves on it too, right? No no, 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 no. These were the sleeve. The um, it was the year Miami Heat played the Thunder. So oh the yeah, the, these are the monochrome ones they were doing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, these aren't these aren't terrible, but I still don't like them very much. They to know. me those ones look like just a like an unfinished version of the other ones that we have of the, of, the, <laughs> of the blue um, the orange ones. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think the worst ones we've had. Oh God, we need honestly. At some point, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back here, and Kyle and I are gonna do another Jersey Pod that no one can listen to. Um, we Wait, did that a couple of years back. ago. We gotta... just ranked that. No one listened to it, so we what didn't. Was the but, number uh, one? Just so. Uh, um, I think we were Blazers. Blazers yeah, we were ranking United. teams jerseys, so we weren't even ranking Knicks jerseys. But we yeah, used to do it was ranking Knicks jerseys. It, it, it was Blazers. Yeah, yeah we that, were United. Take us we were a United up. front. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a incredible jerseys they you have. You still don't agree with me that I I really like the Hawks jerseys and you you don't like. Nope, them I love the Hawks jerseys. Nope. Yeah, nope, they're not uh, characteristic. The Knicks, uh, like twenty fourteen Christmas Day jerseys are just awful though. The sleeved ones with the oh yeah, ones are right. I, I hate they're the sleeves. Terrible. Yeah, I, sleeved jerseys just look terrible. Um, oh, what about in Melo's sixty two point oh, game shit. when he hit the half court shot to beat the halftime? That's buzzer. what I knew. It was a wrap. Like something you like, you know, when it's like, all right, this guy's having a great half, and he hit that. I was like, all right, he might actually do something crazy tonight. I didn't think he was yeah. going to get sixty, but or sixty two. I mean, it was the it was the Bobcast, but I don't care. I don't give a Brian shit. Bron got Bron got sixty one against them too. It still counts. It was like that same week, I believe. Or yep. Like, or two weeks after, I was like, it, yep. He tried to one up them. I remember that because I was on uh, vacation a couple just, weeks after that, and it happened then. I just found a uh, starter Knicks hockey jersey. And that is that's I'm that's working that right now. Yeah, and oh. it's it's not even like an old one; it's a new one. Ooh. Um, anyway, so I think that's pretty much gonna wrap it up for us here. Then, um, before we wrap up tonight, you know, obviously, I, the biggest thank you to anybody for you know personally for me goes out to all of our fans out there everyone who's listened everyone who's taken the time to uh, chat with me on twitter uh you know you know and anytime we've done a mailbag sent in some questions any any just anytime people are listening anytime people are reviewing anytime people are just you know to just giving us a little bit of their time i really really appreciate that and uh yeah really appreciate all of you too so uh thank you guys from you know the bottom of my heart for listening for all this time it's going to be really surreal and weird to be walking away from this for a period of time but uh the other thank you goes out to uh my co-hosts the guys who are with me right now kyle and mike um all the other guys too who have been uh had a part in this podcast over time uh you know matt spendley was here for a long time too you know now at sny really appreciate the time that he put in here um you know we've had a lot of great guests over the time we've had um 
yeah, just just great people at the Knicks wall too. I mean, everyone over there, like shout out to all those guys, everyone who's on the staff now, everyone who's come through, like everyone brought a little bit of something new and everyone's kind of a little bit responsible for the site still sticking around at this point. So big kudos, big kudos to Ryan Punzalan too, who is a, you know, guy who kind of brought me into the site, you know, good friend of mine, you know, been there all the time with him, but you know, was around for the long run, our former editor in chief, uh, man fucking really hype shout out to i mean reed goldsmith's been there the whole time shout out to guys like bailey carlin all the rest of our i mean everyone else on our staff like ever we have too many people to name off everybody but just you know all from the ogs to the guys who are there now like i'm just stoked to have had this opportunity so uh yeah real real uh somber send off here but uh yeah I'm, i'm i'm Glad we're getting through it. I'm glad that we're at the end, that we're getting to the end of this road. It's been a good time. So I'm, I'm yeah. excited to leave things where they are. And and just my final note, though, you know, we, we did do this from the beginning, not just the podcast, the website. So, um, you know, you mentioned a lot of people have come and gone since we've been here. And I mean, currently there's 30 ish people in that Slack that we have right now. And we've generally had a pretty high amount of people in there. So just think about like the turnover we've had year to year and how many people have come and gone, like from what was a, what four or five person email thread, uh, trying to pick up the pieces, uh, during the end of that tank year to, uh, you know, get, end up with Chris Stops basically and kind of restart from there and go from there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a ride, man. Uh, the, not just with the team, but uh, building our little business here and uh, our little show and, and trying to carve out a lane and avenue and some listeners that, for whatever reason, uh, a, a pretty decent amount of you guys keep coming back for more. So uh, we obviously appreciate it. But uh, just being able to do that with somebody for, you know, weekly, most weeks, you know, apologies a couple times we missed out. But uh, it's tough. But, you know, to do that week in and week out and, and have that repetition you know, repetition and, uh, you know, the ability to do that with somebody, but it was nice. You know, it's been a good ride. Uh, enjoyed it from the beginning when Ryan asked us to test doing a podcast together. And, uh, you know, I've enjoyed it ever since I've enjoyed, you know, asking where the fuck Derek Rose went and enjoy talking about, uh, what we're going to do to recover from, uh, you know, Chris Porzingis ACL. I've enjoyed pulling over on my way back from my shitty accounting job you know, in the pitch black on the side of the road with spotty service to do an emergency podcast with you on the show. Uh, and, and, and just talk about that trade. So, uh, it's, it's been a good time, man. It's, it's been a good time. I have had some wild I've, 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 moments. We, like. we, we, we have had some, uh, some crazy times and, uh, you know, I have obviously never made it easy with the dogs barking in the background <laughs> and, uh, the clock that's currently above me right now. And, uh, all, all the other little bits and pieces, but, uh, sincerely from the bottom of my heart, you know, thank you for putting up with it. Thank you for uh, doing the show with me. And thank you, uh, thanks for being my friend and my co-host. Of course, man. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's kind of weird. I guess that's, that's pretty much the, uh, pretty much the send off here. So um, yeah. Thanks again, everybody for listening. And uh, usually, I mean, usually I say, we'll uh, talk to you all next week, but uh, I'll talk to you all on Twitter. And we're going to leave it at that. So talk to you all there. Hey, no, 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 no.